T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thursday afternoon, John Dickinson and Alan Stiles. We're sitting in for Damon and Ratto here for the next four hours on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. And a lot to get into. Another big win for the Golden State Warriors as they rally with a big fourth quarter and they beat the Jazz last night. So 3-0 on the homestand. 49ers continue to gear up for the Raiders in Vegas on Sunday, which will be New Year's Day. Debo Samuel back at practice mm-hmm. for the 49ers. So that is a promising sign heading toward the playoffs for San Francisco. Steve Kerr is going to stop by as he does each and every week here in the afternoon on 95.7 The Game. So keep it uh, locked here. Five o'clock for the head coach of the Warriors. We've got a lot to get into. And uh, happier times for the Warriors, Alan, uh, as they get another win. How you doing, my man? I'm good, J.D. You know, got to let you know, got to let the people know. Last show for me of 2022. So I, I might have to leave 2022 with some some spicy takes. You might have to go top of Tio today. I'll let you know. Just, yeah, I- empty it out. Exactly. Whatever, whatever you got. Exactly. Whatever, exactly. Yeah, whatever you got, you got to get out on the table and the question at at the top of the show for me and look really nice win for the Warriors 24-13 in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. big question that we had yesterday you know can the Warriors continue to sustain this thing it felt with Klay Thompson not playing and more young players having to potentially step up Mm -hmm. in this game against Utah that it was going to be a much more difficult game for the Warriors to win than even the Charlotte game was. And as we saw the Charlotte game a couple of nights ago, that was a really difficult game for the Warriors to win. Uh, But uh, they were able to do it back of another big-time scoring performance from Jordan Poole. They put Anthony Lamb in the the starting lineup, kind of went wild card, although it probably shouldn't have been a wild card as we were trying to figure out who the fifth would be after Poole and DiVincenzo, Draymond Mm -hmm. Green, uh, and Kevon Looney. But... There was a new youngster stepping into the the fold last night. A good contribution again from Ty Jerome, major factor, second time in four games. Patrick Baldwin Jr., fresh off the the car ride from Santa Cruz and, and a practice. 
he was a positive contributor for the Warriors last night. So I, I guess maybe do we have to throw him into the mix now as far as the young guys that are helping this team win and develop at the same time? Yeah, I mean, you don't got to get ready if you stay ready. And I can't wait to ask Steve Kerr about it and his thought process in, t- in terms of going with Patrick Baldwin Jr. What did, they, what did they see from him in order to say, okay, not only are we going to give this kid some run, we're going to give him run early. This is the second quarter he pops in. And I think a lot of people were surprised when he did get in the game and he did not shy away from anything. He drops 11 points. We know he's in there to shoot, and that's what he did. As soon as he got in there, he is long, man. That, that, that guy, you talk about the ability, hopefully in the future, to defend at a high level. He has the length to do that. We know he's got the stroke. We know he can hit those threes. That's what he is there to do. And he didn't seem to be afraid of the moment. But I got to go back to Ty Jerome, J.D., real quick. Because my guy, Ty Jerome, that, that, that is your guy. You got a victory lap when you can victory lap. And there was some slander for Ty Jerome. I was part of the slander. I'm open about that. But this guy is not Brad Wanamaker. This guy is not Chioza. He's not. This I, guy, I thought he was going to be the Chioza in yeah, terms of the fans. Exactly. Like the fans were going to treat him the just, same just way. Just dump on him. They you you can't. kind of do. But you can't anymore. I mean, th- this guy... I think early in the season, maybe he was trying to distribute as much. Because remember, the Warriors had Mac McClung. And they essentially wanted the anti-Mac McClung. In steps Ty Jerome. We don't know who Ty Jerome is since Virginia and that national championship. We love Mac McClung. He can dunk. He can do all those things. Ty Jerome comes in. He's passing a lot. We're not really sure where he fits. All of a sudden, and again, we're going to speak to Steve Kerr later in the show. All of a sudden, Ty Jerome decides, I can score in this league. And we've heard he can score in this league. And I think we're starting to see, I don't know if there was a conversation had with Steph Curry being out, whatever it is. But Ty Jerome has got the green light. And it's not just a green light in terms of shooting the threes like a DiVincenzo type deal. He can get to the rack. Yeah, he can get to the rack. He can get the float game. Yeah, a little floater game going. So That's going to be a thing. They're going to have some decisions to make later down the line. Yeah, he, he's been solid and, and really even beyond solid in two of these last three games. The Warriors have, have needed him to be because they've been so shorthanded on the guard line. And, and with Steph out and then on nights where Steph and Clay are out, how do you find that scoring? And I think you know, Ty Jerome pitched in a little bit last night. DiVincenzo pitched in a little bit last night. Anthony Lamb had 10. But yeah, Patrick Baldwin Jr., 11 last night, and, and he got the run in part because Jonathan Kaminga, who I don't really think played badly, but but was in foul trouble. I mean, that yeah. was... You know, I, I don't know that Patrick Baldwin Jr. plays at all last night if... Kaminga has a normal game in terms of the fouls. If he just stays out of foul trouble, maybe he doesn't. I think last night was going to be a game where Kaminga was going to get a lot more than the 21 minutes that, that he played, but he picked up three fouls. Right. And, you know, Steve Kerr, to his credit, the next man up on the depth chart last night was Patrick Baldwin Jr. So he goes mm-hmm. to him and he contributes. And you're right, it, it leads down a path of now starting to wonder, you know, could he contribute more uh, at different points down the line. So it remains to be seen on that front. Uh, question I wanted to get into, though, bigger picture off the top, as you as you look at the Warriors now 3-0 and on, on the homestand. And I'm just going to flat out say it. I, Steiny and, and Evan were talking about it. I'm just I'm, I'm stealing it from, from yeah, them at the top of the well, show. We're all family here. Credit where credit is due, but I, I think it will help us you know, get into a good conversation here. And they, they just threw it out as, have the Warriors turned a corner now? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like they're back to 500, 18 and 18, 3 and 0 now on the homestand? The young players are contributing more in some cases because they have to contribute more because there's no real other options, but they've capably done it. 
Draymond has been the engine, I think, behind all of it as the the main core guy that that's playing a lot. Right. But do you feel like the Warriors have have turned a corner now where it's all systems go, or is there a little more that that maybe needs to be seen at this point? I, I definitely think more needs to be seen. To be honest, JD, it's very similar. This current situation that the Warriors are in is very similar to what we've said about Brock Purdy, right? When you talk about checking off things, checking off boxes off the checklist. Okay, have you played in adversity? Okay, have you played on the road? Things like that for us to be comfortable with Brock Purdy. With the Warriors, I feel like there's a similar checklist, right? Can you can you can you get over the hump and win a game and win a couple of games after you perform at a high level? So that was the Grizzlies game. Then they go out after the Grizzlies game and they beat the Hornets. Can you do it again? You be, you go out you beat the Jazz. For me, the next test we can't we're, we can't answer any road questions right now because they're not going to be on the road for a good for a good bit here. But we can answer this question: Out of the last two teams that they've played, not counting the Grizzlies, because again that's one of those games that we have currently put in the aberration category because we've had no choice after we saw what they did to the Celtics but you see what they did to the Hornets all right well the Hornets have LaMelo Terry Rozier who may be the most hot and cold player I have ever seen who who can drop 30 in a night then the next night he's barely cracking 10 so offensively the Hornets not exactly you know the the talk of the town the Jazz who they do have some players offensively with with obviously Lloyd Markinen, Conley is here and there, but you got you got Jordan Clarkson. They're they're good offensively, but like we said yesterday, more of a finesse, uh, skilled team, not athletic. Now, what do you have tomorrow? The next test. So you beat a team that's not really that great offensively, a team that is good offensively, but athletically, eh, not really there. Tomorrow you got Damian Lillard. And tomorrow you got Anthony Simons. And tomorrow you got some guys that can really put the ball in the basket and they're going to make you defend at a high level. So that is what I'm looking for next. Everybody, look, I got on here yesterday and I was caping up for Jordan Poole. I was being a, a poologist, as I say. And tomorrow is a game where you're going to have to defend. Because they're going to score just as much as you're going to score. So I think that's the next thing I would say, J.D., I'm not ready to say they turned a corner, but they're getting pretty darn close. Yeah, I, I'm not ready to say they've turned a corner either, to, to, to be perfectly honest. And to me, and, and a, a few people on the Xfinity Mobile text line are already chiming in with it being about the road. Have to win on the road. Mm -hmm. To me, it's you have to finish the homestand. Like, let's not get over our skis here based on these last couple. Like, they've been great. They've been great wins. The young players have contributed. But there's still more than half of this homestand to go. Right. And at some point, Andrew Wiggins, sounds like potentially Monday against Atlanta, is going to have a chance to, to come back doubtful officially for, for the game tomorrow. Maybe ruled out even before we're off the air. We'll ask Steve Kurt about that coming up at, at 5 o'clock. But to me... It's a matter of you have to continue to get similar production from the young players that you've had through these first three games, which I don't think is, is too much to ask on the home floor where typically role players, young players play better. They play more comfortably. Right. But to me, you have to keep finishing it with wins. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you can't go the next, let's say, two games and all of a sudden you drop them and you're three and two and you're back to two games under 500 and, and you're trying to fight you know, fight your way back over the, the you know, then the, the Detroit game, the Orlando game, even the Phoenix game at the very end of the trip at that point for me would feel almost like must wins in yeah. the same way that really the Charlotte and Utah games, I think felt like must wins. Now the Utah game felt less like a must win 
to me after they had beaten Memphis because that was a game that I thought, ooh, that one's going to be tough. But once you get Memphis and then you have to get Charlotte, they were able to do it. And I think you know, part of what the Warriors do get credit for in these last two games is the fact that they didn't play great mm-hmm. in the last two games but were still able to scratch and claw and fight and grind against a little bit of adversity and, and come back and win. That's all fantastic, but that doesn't mean just because you've won these these last three with a shorthanded squad that you're automatically going to play better or, or be able to beat these other teams, even though these other teams are not world-beating type teams. I mean, the, right. the, the Blazers mostly whole, basically have the same record that the Warriors do at, at this point. They've had Lillard be out for a stretch of time and, and Jeremy Grant and, and others, but it's basically, you know, it's a pick em type game, but the Warriors don't have their, their full deck. So I need to see them finish the homestand with the young players not necessarily doing anything more than they already have, but a similar level and then just continue the grind, continue the the hard work mm-hmm. that has had to be on display these first three to make sure you do get six out of the eight games. Exactly. You do that, then I'm open minded to maybe you're turning a quarter pending the road, but I'm not I'm not getting ahead of ourselves. The Warriors aren't playing another road game for two weeks. No. And so like, yeah. it's still about what's ahead. Well and even if okay, so they have one, two, three, four, five more games in this homestand. Even if, let's say, they go four and one, I would still sit there and say that they may, might be starting to turn the corner because then at that point, I have to, I have to start thinking about, and I, we have to start talking about the road games. So the Blazers out of out of these games, JD, because Devin Booker is out. Out of these games that are left, yeah. you got the Trail Blazers, the Hawks, who I don't believe are going to have Trey Young because he hurt his ankle. Maybe he's back by then. I don't know. The Pistons, who are the Pistons, they're going to have some. They're going to have some. Uh, Warriors lost to them in October. The Warriors lost to them in October. They're good. They had some ejections, so I don't know if they're going to have their full squad based on who gets suspended based on that fight last night with the Orlando Kill- Magic. Killian Hayes getting suspended for would sure be, would be good for them. Yeah, the way he's the way he's been playing. I'm sorry, I you have the you have the magic as well. Then you have the Suns with probably no Devin Booker. So you have to to me, JD, and you know I love to schedule watch. To me, you have to win three of those games, and you probably should win four of them. I really want to say you should win all five, but I don't want to get crazy here. So you got to get four of those. Then to warm up on the road, I mean, J.D., help me out here. Your first game after just hopefully rolling at home. Yeah, you're playing San Antonio. the lowly Spurs. They got the worst. They have the worst roster, I think, in the NBA. The they Spurs are the Wimbanyama sweepstake team. That's what I call They're one of those. That's going to be kind of a fun game. They're, they're playing that game in the Alamo Dome. Oh, the, really? The old Alamo Dome. It's yeah. the only time the Warriors go there. And they're trying to sell out the Alamo Dome, like 60,000, 70,000 people in there for, for that night. So that, uh, that's going to be a little bit of a, a different potential atmosphere. Well, yeah, not, to maybe, get, not to get lost in the weeds on that, but it is kind of a cool, different game. Maybe that'll help the Warriors. It won't be a, a traditional road game. I mean, it is technically a road game. It it's going to be a road, road game. game with like 70,000 people. Right, there. and you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll give the Warriors vibes of a premier. You know they love the primetime games. Sure. So maybe it'll give, the, give them that vibe. After that, you got the Bulls, the Wizards, and the Celtics. So you're going to have the Celtics, obviously, the best team that they're going to face within the next you know, couple weeks here, almost a month. So you're going to have an opportunity to make some headway. How much do you do? That's what remains to be seen. But no, I'm not going to say they turn the corner after beating two teams that might not make the playoffs or the play-in. 
888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles here in for Damon and Ratto on a Thursday on 95.7 The Game. Steve Kerr going to join us coming up at 5 o'clock. Uh, 49ers legend Randy Cross is going to join us at 3.30 as well. We will switch gears and, and talk some 49ers ahead of their game against the Raiders on Sunday. We'll see uh, what the status of Debo Samuel is for that one as he was back in the practice field today. Nick Bosa, ill. We'll see what his status is. I know Christian McCaffrey was limited yesterday, so we'll keep you updated on all that. A little bit of a later window as far as the 49ers practice and media availability, so we'll keep you covered on everything that comes out of that as uh, the Niners gear up for Week 17 against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, As far as just kind of looking at, you know, what's ahead here for the Warriors, the other question that I had as far as the young players is, and look, they're all playing, for the most part, limited minutes. Even Mm -hmm. Kaminga, who's in the 20 to 25 range, I think, on on just about every night at this point. The young players are helping, and I wonder, and this is another reason why I don't think the Warriors have necessarily turned a corner. When Andrew Wiggins comes back, and look, you want Andrew Wiggins back, Wiggins is going to give you another shot in the arm as far as beating Atlanta and beating... Detroit and beating Orlando and beating Phoenix without Booker like you talk about to really close that homestand strong. And I think the Warriors are going to need it for as hard as these games have been to this point. But when players start coming back that are fully entrenched in the starting lineup or in the Warriors rotation, the question that I have is how does that adjustment get made as far as affecting some of the playing time and the roles and shifting around? Because even though the young players are not playing a lot Mm-hmm. For the Warriors right now, the one thing that that they do know on a night and night out basis is they're going to get time. They're, they're getting in. They're getting in. Like yeah. Wiseman knows he's getting his eight to ten, mm-hmm. and Kaminga knows he's getting at least twenty if he plays well. Maybe he pushes twenty five or, or thirty. Hell, even Moses Moody knows he's getting a couple of shifts mm-hmm. every, every single night to go in there and let and let's see what you can do. Once Wiggins comes back, immediately that changes the calculus. That means less Anthony Lamb. It also probably means less Kaminga, mm-hmm. and, and it and it creates a scenario where Steve Kerr then has to pick and choose a little bit of: Do I still want to get Lamb a few minutes? Is that at the expense of Kaminga? Do I need more shooting on this night? Do I need more defense on this night? So all of a sudden, some of the opportunities and maybe the freedom and knowing you're going to get an opportunity is taken away a little bit, and the box by which these young players have to fit their game to be successful right now, it it diminishes. It gets tighter. It gets smaller. And I think that adds to the difficulty in you know, knowing exactly what they can bring to the table. I mean, I'm doing the post-game show last night. I think we, we've already had a few people probably text in today. They're saying, well, PBJ's got to get more minutes now. Right, and, right. and and you, you already want Moody to get more minutes. And you just, there, There's only there so many to go around. slots to go around once it's like, you know, Clay comes back tomorrow night. Well, that's, that's somebody's minutes. Mm-hmm. You could make the case. I mean, and it's a nice problem to have, but Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole and DiVincenzo are all playing. Well, Ty Jerome's not playing. Hell, Ty Jerome might not even be active right. on those nights because you don't want to burn all of his 50 game limit uh, as far as the you know games he can play in the, in the regular season. Once mm-hmm. you get Wiggins back, I, I think you have to make a, a decision on, Anthony Lamb and Kaminga, like I, like I was saying, I know a lot of people, a lot of fans think 
hey, well, no, Kaminga, it's Kaminga. Kaminga's the guy. Kaminga's the backup. Kaminga's the backup. But Kaminga's not really a three. Yeah, and, and the Warriors have made an adjustment to play him more at the four, and that's where he's been more successful. So it gets a lot more difficult, I think, to maintain the level of production because the the box that these players are gonna have to play in diminishes to a point where it's just it's just harder. Yeah. But and, and I guess that's the other question as well. Do your decisions for the game does, do the logistics weigh into that, right? The fact that we don't know, and we've already got somebody on the Xfinity mobile text line talking about cutting Jermichael Green to make sure that <laughs> both of the two ways yeah. can 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 it stay. It may come to that. It, it, may come it to might. That. It may come to, do you make a decision on Iguodala mm-hmm. at some point? Uh, because And for those that don't know, the two-way players can play up to 50 games, regular season games. Right. They're in the 20s now, both of them, but... but they have to if that you want them to be eligible for the playoffs. And look, I'm not even sure the Warriors... I, it's not a lock that the Warriors are going to want both to be eligible mm-hmm. for the playoffs at this point. Because again, part of the reason, Jerome specifically, part of the reason he's playing is because the Warriors are down Steph, exactly. frankly. And then Steph and Clay at some point. Steph and Clay and even DiVincenzo recently have all been out for, for some of these games. So Ty Jerome is going to play in that instance. But if you want them both to be on on the roster and playoff eligible, Mm -hmm. then they both have to be converted into the 15-man roster, right? You have to sign them to regular contracts. If you do that, you have to have roster spots to do that. And right now, the Warriors have 14 of the 15 filled. So if you want them both, somebody's got to go at that point. And look, this decision doesn't have to be made on December the 29th, but yeah, there may have to be a decision on a Jamichael Green or on an Andre Iguodala as to whether or not he's worth owning a roster spot if he's if he's ultimately not going to play. Now the Warriors, I think, do think he's going to play at the end of the season and right. into the playoffs, so that's unlikely. You know, is there a trade that frees up a roster spot somewhere? Who would you even want to give up if you were the Warriors in a trade? I don't I don't know that that player necessarily exists right, right. now that they'd want to you know give up. Yeah, yeah. So. In with that all being said, is it all right? Well, I'm gonna go to Kaminga here, even though I would normally go with Lamb because of the logistics. Because I don't want to burn one of you know Anthony Lamb's games or w- whatever the case is. So I think that's all gonna be interesting, JD. Going back to the beginning of the season, everybody had their thoughts about some of the young guys and the bench vibes weren't great because they weren't getting any playing time. They're watching their counterparts on other teams get all this run. They're not getting to play. So now all of a sudden, a couple injuries happen and the younger guys are getting to play and now the vibes seem to be right. Everybody's having a good time. So I think about that as well. When Wiggins comes back, when Steph comes back and you see those minutes diminish, how do the kids behave <laughs> to be completely honest with you but they've all behaved professionally professionally right? but it's not professionally but also they don't look look I, i've had to i've had to sit on the bench before i have never looked stoked on the bench sure. i've never been a, you shouldn't look if you look so the, the bench mob is always an interesting thing to me because you're excited for your teammates but i also want to be in the game right now if i was in the nba maybe being on the bench in the nba would be a little bit different than being on the bench my freshman basketball team and maybe i would be excited because i'd still be getting paid millions i was a great but, bench guy i just you have you got me drifted out. i was a great as a junior yeah. on, as a junior on a senior laden varsity mm-hmm. team where i think of 15 we had 12 seniors Jeez. and i was like one of three juniors and i was never playing and we were pretty good we ended up 
winning the league championship it was like a it was a tied mm-hmm. championship, but we tied with you the, had all the the bench celebrations ready. And, to go. and I was just ready because I knew I was wasn't going to play very much. Yeah, and it was like you got to you got to you know one of the young guys. Like I was like one of three that were the juniors, and mm-hmm. obviously the juniors took all the flack with that group that had played together a lot. Really. Yeah. Kind of coming up through it, so you just—it is a different mentality. It is a different mentality. So maybe I would say, even though their their minutes might go down, maybe the bench vibes will be better because hey, because Steve Kerr had the ability to say, hey guys, we know you're young, we know you're not playing as much as you were when there were injuries, but now you know that you can play in this league, you can fit in this system. We're going to trust you down the line. We just don't know how much we're going to need you this season. So I think that even if even if the minutes diminish, at least they know, hey, we got a taste. We know if anything happens, we could get called on. And that's the other thing, J.D. Steve Kerr might say, hey, guys, we could be in this position again. Just because Steph and Andrew Wiggins come back, that doesn't mean nobody is ever going to have another injury again on the Warriors. Now, we would hope so as Warrior fans, but we also know that's not very realistic. So I think that this is good for everybody around. I think the vent, the bench vibes will be better moving forward, but it is something to keep an eye on because once you give somebody something and they're used to it, it's, it is tough to take it away. So how do you divvy up the minutes once, all right, Steph's back, mm-hmm. and, and we can get into this coming up, 888-957-9570, but we'll start the conversation on this now. Steph's back, Clay's back, Wiggins is back, you know Draymond and Kevon Looney are starting, that's five. Jordan Poole's going to play his minutes as the, the super sub sixth man. Mm-hmm. Dante DiVincenzo, to me, is the clear-cut seventh now. Right. So you, you know he's playing, and I think, if anything, he's shown over this stretch that... He's probably the one player. You know, we talk about the young, young guys, and DiVincenzo is a, is a younger guy, but he's a, he's a vet in terms of the NBA experience by comparison to them and the things that he's seen and winning a, a, you know, national championships in college and, and all of that. DiVincenzo, I think, is one player that the Warriors over this stretch here, I think, have learned that he needs to play more and can play more and can yeah. play different positions. And well, he's a different player, right? He's a completely different player. We talked sure. about... He can almost guard some threes, d- even. Depending on the day. So that Hornets game, Clay's going off, right? Clay's doing his thing. Uh, Poole's doing his thing. DiVincenzo didn't have a, a point, right? And I don't only think he shot about three, four times. You could tell that he wasn't even that okay on this day. I don't need I don't need to to shoot the basketball. Last night, I knew and I think a lot of us knew, all right, with Clay being out, you could expect DiVincenzo is at least going to take the open shots when he has them. And what happens last night? DiVincenzo puts up points. So his ability to morph into whatever the team needs him to be on that night is really impeccable right now. And it's something that I know Steve Kerr really, really enjoys and really is is, is happy about having on the team. The 530 on the Affinity Mobile text line. JD, help me out here. I know we're up against sure. it. We can get into it after the break. Thoughts on Moody and Dante for Alex Caruso. Trade two for one creates more minutes. Is Alex Caruso, am I tripping? Because Dante DiVincenzo, to me... I'm not doing that trade at all. Is Alex Caruso? Is the, I gotta look the, at his. Is the idea of Alex that. Caruso better than Alex Caruso in in actuality? Because that sounds nuts to me. He's a good player. I mean, I think Alex Caruso is a good player. How much better at, is he than DiVincenzo? I think he is better. But we can I, again. I have to look at his contract situation yeah. and and salary situation. I'm not and all doing that. it. I need I need a closer look. I'm I would not do it because here's the one thing I will say: Divincenzo. I'm not looking to move off of Divincenzo, but Divincenzo is a short timer mm-hmm. for the Warriors, and I'll like sure. it. I mean, he he signed a deal 
where it's what four point five million, I think, for this year, and then he can opt out for next year. So well, if, he's, if the, he's good enough, right. he goes. Well, it's the last chance you deal. It's we've a, we've talked a, about the it, Warriors it, being it's last chance. It's a Giants deal, frankly. Exactly. Well, hey. I don't know about last chance, but well, I think he. I think he wanted to join a winner. He wanted to join a winner. And, we're going to make you look good, and, and he, you're going to get priced yeah, out. You're going to. You're going to go. We want you to be so good that you're. You're out. Exactly. That we can't afford you. That's what I call the last chance you yeah, yeah, yeah. The model right there. Uh, all right. He's Alan Stiles. I'm John Dickinson. We'll continue that conversation. Uh, how you filling out the Warriors rotation once they start to get a little bit healthier? 888-957-9570. Damon and Ratto streaming live on YouTube. Head to YouTube.com slash 957thegame to watch us live and see what's going on inside the studio. Like and subscribe for all 957 The Game content on YouTube. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, roll along here on a Thursday. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles. We're in for Damon and Ratto. 888-957-9570. Ask it a simple question off the top as it pertains to the Warriors following their third consecutive win last night. Got the job done against the Jazz. Did it in comeback fashion. Have the Warriors turned a corner? Does it feel like... They're off and running now with five games to go on this homestand, and the young players starting to contribute more and more as role players in helping the Warriors to this winning streak. And how do you fill out the rotation, who's in, who's out, as this team starts to get healthier? Looks like no Andrew Wiggins tomorrow for the Warriors against Portland, but... He could figure to be back on Monday when the Warriors take on the Hawks. Of course, you'll hear every game right here on, on 95.7 The Game. So at that point, Wiggins comes back. Alan Styles, I, I ask you, who's out? Who's playing less? Yeah, well, I think a couple a couple people are playing less. If you're looking at the box score, and obviously no Clay last night, but yeah, Clay's I mean, back too. Thirty nine minutes for Divincenzo. That that's not going to happen. Thirty minutes for Ty Jerome. I know different positions, so that actually might still be a thing while Steph Curry is out. Kaminga is a tough one based on last night because he fouled out. But you would imagine Kaminga. I'm looking at Kaminga's minutes going down. Kaminga's minutes in Anthony Lamb because I, I think DiVincenzo and Ty Jerome are probably going to be safe with, with Steph out for now. But right now, I mean, 26 minutes for Anthony Lamb, that, that's not going to last. And and Kaminga, even though he only had 21, he was in foul trouble. Whatever Kaminga was at, that's going to diminish as well. So I think those two guys are 
unfortunately going to be on notice for now. Yeah, DiVincenzo goes back to the bench mm-hmm. as somebody that, that had been starting with Wiggins out. He, right. They'd basically been going three guard. It had been Poole and, and Clay and, and DiVincenzo. I think technically he'd been listed as the forward, but I think Clay really is the is the three in that instance. It doesn't really matter. So he's going, it's, it's gonna, but he's going to the bench. Right. He's Which going to the bench. The obvious first, one. Yeah, first yes. and foremost, it's, it's Poole and Clay. Mm-hmm. Wiggins is back. DiVincenzo had been starting, so DiVincenzo goes back to the bench. Draymond and Looney, of course, are, are going to be starting. You know DiVincenzo's going to be playing a lot because right. he's he's going to be the main guard coming off the bench. Then you almost have a choice between Moody or Ty Jerome because I think you still could have Ty Jerome potentially playing because you have one guard slot open. And I think Steve Kerr is always going to pick someone that can handle the ball. And, and that's Ty Jerome. Right, right now, although you do have a ball handler with DiVincenzo you do now with DiVincenzo. on the bench, so that that has helped. I I feel like they view Ty Jerome as the DiVincenzo light now. Different player because mm-hmm. Ty Jerome's not a great defender. DiVincenzo is a really good defender, yeah. but Ty Jerome's I think a more consistent shooter. Uh, but both ball handlers. But I think I think in essence, the Warriors view Ty Jerome as like like a backup to the backup mm-hmm. with with DiVincenzo. No, I. I I could get that, but you can also because of his ability to handle the ball, you can play oh, you can him play together. You can play sure. you can play him together. You could play him with Jordan Poole. You can play him with anybody. You know, JD, what, what I'm starting to feel like in terms of Moses Moody, uh, you hear this term uh, in really every sport. I, I feel like I was this as well when I played baseball. Is Moody just a little bit of a tweener? Right, I mean, you yeah, don't, I don't really know he, where to. Well, I, yeah, he, he's not a he's not a ball handler. He's not a ball one. handler. He's, he's also he's he's thick, like you'd want a, a three man to be mm-hmm. or even a four man to be. But he's he's six four. Right. So it's like he's he looks bigger than six like, four on the screen. Like t- he's a he's a tall. He's in, in a way he's a he's a hardy six four. He is, but he's it's he's a little slow. I think mm-hmm. to be he, so he's he's bigger, but he's a wing, but he's not quite as tall, and and yet he doesn't handle it. And so yeah, I think he's a tweener. He can still get on the floor though. I think in today's NBA, yeah, but it it is a little bit trickier. I think to to find the right matchups, even if you like the things that that he brings to the table. So then Wiggins is back in. Mm-hmm. Divincenzo to the bench to kind of bring it back to to what we were talking about a little bit. And then it's you know Kaminga who they like as a four, mm-hmm. and I I still think there's some minutes for for Anthony Lamb. If so, if, if Divincenzo's off the bench, Kaminga's off the bench. I, I think Wiseman still plays at least until Jermichael Green comes back a, a little bit here and there. So that's three, and I think Anthony Lamb at this point is probably the fourth, right? But Anthony so, Lamb was getting run before anybody got injured, though. Right. So that's not surprising. And I think there are more of these games, and I know I know Warrior fans are going to hate to hear this, but I do think there's more of these games where it becomes a little bit matchup specific for Steve Kerr as to, do you want what Lamb provides, or do you want what Kaminga provides? Right. And I do think you could treat Kaminga as a guard and the Warriors have defensively. Exactly. So it's it I, I think that is one way to where you probably still see both of them playing at this point, at least while you know, with, with until Steph comes back with, with Wiggins back in the fold. So you could maybe you don't see as much Ty Jerome, but you do see a little bit more Kaminga who acts defensively as a guard, offensively as a four, mm-hmm. and then Anthony Lamb out there to help stretch the floor and, and knock down shots. He's a he's a defensive weapon, Kaminga is. Similar to what we had with, with GP2, but but not exactly, of course. But 
I think because of that, there are, there are calling cards on the bench, J.D., and that's why, you know, in talking about Moses Moody, he doesn't have a calling card right now. Kaminga's calling card. He's going to defend, and he's going to find his spots offensively to where he can just show you, hey, I am just simply more athletic than you, and I can score on you when I get into my position. That's Kaminga. Anthony Lamb, I'm going to hit some knockdown threes. I'm going to take some charges. That's his calling card. DiVincenzo, you know he's going to handle the rock. He can do some things defensively. He can hit threes. Then you go into the the Ty Jeromes of the world. Ball handler, he can hit some shots. So all these guys, I think, J.D., to your point when it comes to these matchups, we know what their strengths are, we know what their weaknesses are. And if we know that, we know that Steve Kerr knows that. So every day, it could be completely different. Now, we talked a little bit last night or yesterday about rhythm and how this could affect some of their, some of the, the bench players' rhythm, but you're going to have to fight through that. You know, if you're a pinch hitter for the season, it, 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 be the best pinch hitter you can be. That's all you can do. So you're not going. That's the problem. Oh, well, I play better when I get this time. Well, you're not going to. So sure. you're either going to play well in the time that you get or you're not going to end up playing at all. That's it. So I think all these guys are going to get their opportunities and get their and get their time to to show why they can help this team. But to your point, I think it's going to change literally based on who's out there. Now, look at like tomorrow night, tomorrow night with Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard. Sure. That could be a Kaminga night. Yeah. Stick, stick him on one of them. Can right? be. It well, might be. I mean, it's going to be pretty similar, I think, to mm-hmm. to what we've seen recently as right. far as you know, Wiggins isn't going to play. So t- tomorrow night is almost a different category because Wiggins was doubtful. And like I said, I think he'll probably be ruled out by by the time we're off the air officially mm-hmm. here. But tomorrow it would probably, you'd have DiVincenzo out there at the beginning still. Yes. Like that would be one more game where he would start and he would ha- he would be on on somebody. And then you, you have to figure it out from there what you do as far as who's going to defend it, it, who's going to defend Lillard? Who's going to defend Simons? But yeah, you do have two guards that can that can really really hurt you in different ways. Well, yeah, and in the same way. And I'm a, I'm excited to see it. I, I'm excited to hopefully see Jordan Poole put forth some type of effort defensively. And you know he knows it too, JD. When I I, I crashed your JD always is there for the Warriors games. And you know when I had my those of you who have heard I heard my first stint where I got my media pass and I was there with JD and we were doing the post-game interviews. I wasn't asking questions, but I was listening intently. Jordan Poole said some comments to where, you know, he knows that everybody talks about his defense. So I think that the the further we get throughout this season, you'd like to see, okay, you've recognized that there's an issue. Now, are you going to do anything to fix the issue? And that's what I'm excited to see. And tomorrow's a great opportunity for that. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, John Dickinson, Alan Stiles, here on a Thursday, in for Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game, Xfinity Mobile text line open, again, Randy Cross at 3.30, Steve Kerr's going to stop by at 5 o'clock for a lengthy chat about everything going on for the Golden State Warriors right now, 3-0 and on the homestand, and looking to keep things rolling, back to 500 at 18-18, and 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 you get back to 500, and all of a sudden you're really in the mix as far as the play-in tournament goes. And you just you just feel like you got a little bit of action once you get to 500. But it can't, and this is what I come back to as far as not having or believing that the Warriors have turned a corner yet, as, as positive as the signs have been here these last few games, 
is you could just as easily have lost the last two. Yeah. You could just as easily lose the next two. And and then it feels like you're you're climbing again or you're not maybe making the most of this opportunity with, with all of these home games. I, I, I think, and I know Draymond Green used the word fragile coming into the homestand and leading into the Memphis game. I think it's every bit as fragile now still mm-hmm. as it was a couple of games ago before the Warriors got on this run. I, I really do. And it's not that... It's not that you can't trust the young players to continue. It's just that like, you can trust the effort. You can't necessarily trust the production is going to be there. And if the, the production isn't there in addition to the effort, you're probably not good enough to win all of these games. there, Or at least a good chunk of, of these games that are remaining on the homestand. You already got three in the bag. So if you can, you know, to me, it's at this point, it's can you go three and two, four and one. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm not saying that's off the table. By any stretch, like I think the Warriors are capable of of winning all of these games, but I think it shouldn't go unnoticed how difficult these games have been. Like they were down. I mean, they, they needed a 24-13 fourth quarter last night to win. Right. Uh, you know, they they were hanging on for dear life. I mean, Lori Marketing was giving them buckets. Yeah, they they were hanging on for dear life yeah. against Charlotte, and we we joked about Charlotte. They stink, and I know we talked about the fact that you know, Charlotte's a little better than they were because they actually got a couple of their better players back. So that mm-hmm. wasn't really a nine and thirty team or whatever the heck their record was yeah. coming in. And but it's the thing that I think I've I've liked the most about this team to this point on the homestand is just how hard they've worked and how how gritty it's been how how grimy it's been it's just you know a lot of times it's been ugly mm-hmm. flat a lot of times it's just been flat out rugged ugly basketball and yeah they've made some threes in some of these games they've had timely buckets i thought draymond was a freaking monster last night at the end of the game defending and by the way i'm gonna say it again last night's another example of why draymond green is just invaluable to this team even without curry like mm-hmm. that like that's another example of why you want Draymond Green to be out on the floor even when Steph Curry isn't out on the floor because he's helping to lead a lot of these young players to you know through positions to where they can be successful. Yeah, and and what gets forgotten I think because so much has happened from the beginning of the season to now is that Draymond did ask for that max and Draymond is in a position where he wants to show the Warriors and show possibly other teams what he can bring to the table because as much as Steph might believe that they're a package deal, that's not necessarily how the business side of this works. And I think going into this season, I mean, Draymond said it after the punch. He said, I'm going to prove, you know, everybody wrong. Now, I don't necessarily know what he was trying to prove wrong in the in, in that capacity in terms of the punch and what had happened. Hopefully that he wouldn't do something like this again. But in, in the basketball aspect of it. He knew he wanted to go out. He knew he heard all the talk about, okay, he gets carried and the Kendrick Perkins of the world saying that, okay, you know, I'd have that many assists if I played with KD and Steph. And I think, to be honest, JD, I think the, the, the situation with Draymond is that there are parts of what people say in terms of Draymond that are somewhat true. Right, The idea that Draymond has all these assists, out of all the assists that Draymond has, what percentage of them are because of Draymond's vision and what percentage of them are because of the fact that he has played with some of the best shooters of all time? If we were to sit here and say... probably both. Yeah, if we were to sit here and say it's none... uh, Some people are on one side of the camp, some people are on the other. 
you have to be in the middle. It, it has to be both because that's what it is. It's all it all kind of blends together. But when you talk about Draymond on the defensive side of the ball, that has nothing to do with Steph Curry. That had nothing to do with Kevin Durant. That had nothing to do with Klay Thompson. So if you're going to take anything away from Draymond, you might you could probably start in the area of sure some of those assists you do play with with Steph and you play with Clay you play with Clay and you play with KD but defensively you can't take anything away from what Draymond has done in his career that's all him that's all effort you talk about gritty grimy that is all Draymond he's willing this team to win exactly he's willing this team to win without Steph and without Wiggins who I think are are the Warriors like overall mm-hmm. Steph and Wiggins are the Warriors two best players right now. Right. Like, that's, to me, that's just, it's not even debatable. I think you could make a case Draymond is the second most important player still Mm -hmm. after Steph, but as far as just two-way play, top to bottom, the youthful energy that Wiggins is able to provide, even as a veteran, is something that that the other players can't, you know, Clay can't dial that up night in, night out. He's trying to, Mm -hmm. but but, but he doesn't have it in the tank. And look, I've given Clay a lot of credit, too, in in these games since Steph has been out, or at least since they've been home, to where, uh, you know, he's he's trying to do the best he can to lead, I think, in that way that, that Draymond did. And I, and I just, it goes back to something we were talking about a little bit yesterday. We just haven't seen the Warriors be in these positions where Steph's out and the other two are really trying to hold them up. I, it feels like when Steph has been out, it's either been, well, Clay's also out. And and then you know Draymond, it's like, does he really want to play? And like he knows they're not good enough, so a lot of times he's all right. I'm going to rest whatever injuries kind of ailing me. And it's like we've we've just never seen, we saw it a little bit. I think in the KD era where yeah. guys would be out, but you still had KD, so it's like you still have right. Well, uh, there's a little bit last year when Steph was out towards the end of the season. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I guess those last five games, right? Right when they won, they won the last five games with without without Steph mm-hmm. after they hadn't really played that well and it, it helped them solidify the the three seed over maybe dipping to four even dipping to five which right. you know, who knows how things shake out if they end up fourth or fifth I mean we, we don't know but yeah that's fair but it just you, you want to see like like you want to see, like, we see all these other teams with a star out and the other guys playing. You know, Memphis, for Memphis, example. Yeah. Like, they, you know, Ja goes out and the other guys kind of hold him up. I mean, it's not happening to the same extent this year with Phoenix, but, you know, Chris Paul would go out and the Suns would be okay. Booker would go out and the Suns would be okay. It wouldn't just be 2 and 15. Now, we'll see if that is still the case this year because right. Chris Paul's clearly not quite the same and, and maybe they're not quite as deep. But what I'm getting at is you just want. I'm glad we're getting an opportunity to to where Draymond and and Clay have to fight, and they feel it's worth it because I I think it it in some ways adds to their greatness to see them helping this other group through it. It feels like the Warriors have just they've kind of been able to not have to. They can be a little too cool for situations like this to even matter to them. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the few times where Draymond, by virtue of what he said at the end of the road trip in the beginning of the homestand, he's like, damn it, we got to go. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's playing. We got to go. We got to win. If we if we don't win, we're in big trouble on this homestand, even if Steph comes back. And what's it ultimately going to matter? But he's backing up the talk with the play on the court. And I feel like the young guys are following along. And that's a part of why they've been more successful even in in limited minutes and i'm sure and i'm sure that you know they all hang out they all talk about you know they all talk about the greatness and and being part of the culture but i mean look 
there's a big difference. I mean, JD, my nephew is 22, and he says so. He might be 23 now, and he says some things to where I, I have no clue what he's talking about. I'm 32 years old, right? So. I liken that to a lot of the things that maybe the Warriors go through as well. That's something that we don't talk about, just the fact that there are two legitimate, we talk about timelines, there are also two different generations, right? They, 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 the things that they might have in common might not necessarily, you have to, you have to make an effort to understand what this, you know, what th- that, that age group likes and things like that, or what this age group likes. And I think that maybe early on in the season, it was, okay, we got the OGs and then we have the youngins. And that's just what it is. And maybe Steph being a little bit of that security blanket to where, hey, when in doubt, we're passing the ball to Steph. That's what we do. Steph is a system. Steve Kerr will tell you himself that this is a system. With Steph being out, hey, we have to integrate this a little bit more. We have to understand each other a little bit more. We have to work together a little bit more because everything is so much harder now with Steph out and maybe they are possibly spending more time together maybe they are doing the the extra things on and off the court to make sure they're in a good place because to your point they don't have time to mess around and lose games that they aren't supposed to they've already wasted all those opportunities so we have to do whatever it takes and we got to go out to lunch we got to learn everything about each other so that when Steph comes back we can roll and on top of that when Steph does come back and he is off right now it's not the world is falling it's hey we've been in this position before we're still going to defer to Steph when we have that opportunity but Steph gets in foul trouble something like that we know we have other ways to win because we went through that stint at the end of the year where Steph was out and we can we can re- go back to that. I'm glad you brought up Steph because I think what happens when Steph comes back was a question I, I, I had jotted down here because I, there's a part of me that wonders. And I think that this is I don't totally have a, a, a defined mm-hmm. theory or opinion necessarily on it, but I do think that I don't want to say the young players are intimidated by playing with Steph, mm-hmm. but it's just so difficult to play with Steph. Like you got to be high IQ. You got to understand all the specifics and the nuances of what it takes to play with Steph. So that's another that's another element of why I'm not convinced necessarily that they've turned a corner because everything is different for everybody once he comes back. And look, it's always for the better mm-hmm. because Steph is so great, but the extent at which it is better comes at a cost with the young players being able to to continue to be effective, in part because some of them are going to be playing less. A couple of them are probably going to not play at all until opportunities arise again due to injury. But I, I think that's the... You know, the road thing is one part of it, but the other thing is how does this all blend together when Steph is back? Because this team just functions completely differently when he's not. Like typically we haven't seen them have to function without Steph and and then the others still there, which I think it, it gives them a fighting chance to still still succeed. And look, they're four and three without Steph now right. in this in this stretch, right? The three and oh at home has helped them. They were one and three at the end of the trip in the full games. You don't count the Indiana game where he went out, although the Warriors lost that one. But they they lost to Philly. They lost the two games in New York. So they were 0 and 3 there. They won at Toronto 1 and 3. Now they're 3 and 0 in the homestand. So they're they're 4 and 3 and 4 and 3 without Wiggins, too. So, I mean, that is a, a reason for some optimism. But I also just wonder again that the cloak of Steph and just how intimidating he can be to play with. Mm-hmm. 
and how it changes everybody's role and the rotations and making sure the right players are are out there with him and that mixes up the rotation with other players that are playing together. Can the Warriors figure that out to where they're still getting the the amount of production? Because every time it changes, it feels like, and I think you said this, it takes a couple of games to to kind of recalibrate right. what it all has to look like mm-hmm. within the system. And and the Warriors have figured it out in these last three at home. But then, does that mean they're going to need three games to figure it out when Wiggins comes back? And then they're going to need three to five games to figure it out when Steph comes back? And are you losing games in the interim because you're trying to figure that out? Right. And I think, and what you're saying, J.D., just so just so we're all crystal clear, this is not about, this is not about, and when you say intimidating, that that's that, that has nothing to do with Steph. No, you, you are playing with no, the best shooter. No, he's not shooter intimidating that, right, him. It's just being the on the floor shooter. with him is intimidating. Right, that because is the Warriors lived. play a, such a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like, and he just it's th- that gets brought up all the time. Like players that can play with Steph. A lot of times it's players who can play with Steph and Draymond. Right, but like it's players who know how to play with Steph. I mean, Marcus Thompson wrote a whole whole article about about it and got quotes from a bunch of different players and Looney didn't used to be and then he kind of figured it out as time went on and it's, it's not it's not nothing and I think that's where maybe having more veterans and a certain type of veterans tends to be more beneficial so in now this we're system heading to the trade conversation maybe a little bit look I, I I do think that what's crazy is and I feel the same way JD when you're play, when you when you play pickup or whatever if you're on a team with a bunch of ballers every shot feels sure. like a bad shot even if I'm wide open I'm, and these guys probably feel the same way if Anthony Lamb is wide open we're all sitting watching on TV thinking I mean you can hit that but I'd rather watch Steph take a contested three and he knows that so there, there's a whole mental aspect that that's on that's on Steve Kerr. That's on the coaching staff to work these guys through it if they're going to be able to play and gel the way that they are right now. 888-957-9570. Xfinity Mobile text line open. Phone lines open to join the conversation. One hour in the books. we got three hours to come. Steve Kerr at five. And we are presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.